just right there with you draw closer to you draw near to you oh, 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 oh. oh Lord we worship you Father worship you You know, and tonight, I, hopefully, my the what I want to convey is is that what you currently are praying over and believing God for isn't the only thing, isn't the only position that you're covering for. Uh, so it, it is more. It's more than just the current situation. There's something greater that's happening. Um, you know, and, and, and it's kind of like sometimes we get focused on the current thing, but God needs us to stand not just for this thing, but for the things happening down the road. So uh, it's, it is not about the beans, and, and it's part of the whole point of, of our message. Justice just told me, he says, man, you need to start eating meat again because you're talking about, so man, it's got nothing to do with that, man. It's just not about the beans. The fight is between you and destiny. So what you're believing for now, yeah, this is just, but it's a, it's, it's a warm-up. It's a step toward, in the greater journey, you know. And so, you know, if you have something going on, let's say even in your body physically, it's, yeah, it's, it is about you getting up well today, but it's for your tomorrow and for it not to come upon your kids and not, you know, your, your faith is, is, is for something way beyond the situation. The condition tends to make us forget about the position further down the road. You know, it's kind of like they say, uh, folks don't save because they're living in their now. You know, and they forget that there's a future, there's a tomorrow coming. So 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 through 12, David had three mighty men, but, but this is one of them. It says, uh, and after the second one, it was him, was, Sham, was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Herite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And so if you know, lentils are beans, which is where we get our message from. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. Uh, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we present your word your way so that your will shall be done. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Amen. So, you know, a lot of times I've heard this, and, and we've preached it both ways, even including myself, that he stood in the midst of beings, and he fought for the smallest of things, uh, for the greatest of victories. However, it wasn't even about the beings that he was fighting. It was about standing. It was about just the fact to stand and believe God. Because if I don't stand and, and stand up against and speak the word over my body physically, when the enemy hits my kids, I'm not going to be able to stand for them either. And trust me, he's trying to get us to a point to where we're so caught up about the beings that we forget to stand our ground. Uh, it is So it's either to talk ourselves out of faith and consistency with God because we think it is not worth the fight we think, why am I fighting so much? Has anybody ever, ever felt that way? I have to fight every day. I have to fight myself every day. And, and again, our, our new verse uh, for this year is uh, Isaiah 1 and 17, that it says you have to learn to live well. Because most people think, well, I'm saved. Why do I still have to learn to control my mouth and control my attitude? Because you have to learn to live well so Jesus can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you don't learn once you come to the, and it's, it's amazing that we come to this great wisdom, great knowledge. Obviously, the Bible knows more than we do. So obviously, we're going to have to learn because we've lived our lives be, without the information. And now we got it. Now we need to learn to live well. Uh, we are never too mature or too aged to learn. The, the minute we do that, we will stop living. The minute we do that, we'll stop living. It's amazing that, you know, we could teach the word and, and the Bible is so transferable. Did you teach the kids? You teach it. And we're just saying that you, you will even hear adults say, oh, well, you know, that, that was for kids. That part of, you know, don't sleep if don't don't sleep around when you're not married. That's just for kids. No, it's for anybody that's not married, right? That's that's a it's a biblical word from God. No matter what age, unless you're older than God, which is not possible, right? Is it's just not possible. But I'm, I'm, again, I'm hearing it over and over and over again about the fact of well, yeah, well, you know, that's for kids. No. You are a child of God. That's you. You know, losing your temper, that's not just for the kids. That's for us, too. You know, not melting down. So part of that is that we want to do that. So we, we think, why am I fighting so much? The thing isn't that our fight, the, the thing isn't what our fight is about. Our fight is always about the foundation from where we came from. He fought in the ground, right, and stood his ground even though the beings were around him, it wasn't about the beings. It was about him standing his ground. Because if I don't stand here, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stand somewhere else. Right? If I don't keep my faith here, I'm going to eventually give up my faith in another place that I need. So I'm thinking, like, this dude is around these beings. Here they come. He has this great victory because he chose to stand right there. Not until he got to the, you know, I guess what would be better than beings, the orange patch, you know. Let me get to a better garden. This is beans over here. So it's always about the foundation. Your fight is always about your foundation. Can you keep your faith? Probably one of the most scary verses that I hear and I read in the word is it says that even the very elect will not keep their faith and turn on God in the last day. These are people that know that know the word, know God, he said, then they won't keep it. They'll turn 
from God. You know, when we hear all people go, well, it was a free gift, so how can we turn in a free gift? Anybody ever turned in their free gift before? We all have. If you've lost your temper, you turn your free gift in for the moment. And you have to gather that back and, and continue to believe. So, again, when you think God tells you something simple, something, something simple like, you know what, uh, let that person go in front of you. Just something simple. like, And it ain't even about the line or your time. It may be about the fact that he's trying to access something into your life where he can let a, you let that person go in front of you. He's trying to put a blessing in front of you. Whatever it may be, he's got a purpose and a reason for everything he has us doing. Okay? It's just not an accident. And it's not just for that one moment. It's for a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. So because God sent me is enough for me to stand and fight the good fight of faith just because God sent me. So Shema stood in the midst of the lentils that came out of the ground, but he wasn't really standing because he had come out of the ground as well. His stand was, but he was really standing because he came out of the ground. God made him out of dust of the earth. I'll, I'll tell you that in just a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. He knew that if I can't stand my ground, there will not be a place for me to stand in my future. If I can't get up enough to have faith now, I'm not going to have faith later. If I can't do it now, it, it mean, we can even think about that in, in, our, in, our, in our own uh, personal life uh, where people go, man, you have such great motivation. In the morning time, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll run, I'll work out. If I can get it done before 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock because once I get home, it's a struggle. When Justin says, hey, Dad, let's go to the gym at 6.30. I'm like, okay, seven, pushing it back. It, it, you, it's a completely different person. It's a completely different person. It's a completely uh, different climate because the motivation has been worked on. I cannot give Jesus my seconds because if I wait later to serve God, I wait later to do what God tells me to do, I may not do it. I definitely won't do it with the same energy as I would have it if I do it first thing in the morning. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where I just jumped the gun on you. Then the Lord God uh, formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The King James says he became a living soul. Soul is your mind, your will, your emotion. Anytime your mind which we've had, your will and your emotions get out of whack, you're missing the air of God. You just lay back and go, God, breathe in me again because now my mind is out of place, my emotions are out of place, and I have no willpower. No willpower. There's no will. I have to pray this when he asked to go to the gym at 7 p.m., and I'm like, dude, I've already worked out. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. But I have to let God, it's prayer, breathe in me, God, so my mind will quit thinking I can't, my will will get up and do, and my emotions will be about helping my kid who wants to go and better himself. Even simple as that, right? And, and since we're all adults, we all get tired. All of us get real tired. And that's when the kids want to ask the most. I can't understand with my kids. I get on to them. Why do y'all wait till I come in from a trip to want to go to Walmart and Target? They, your mom's been with you all day. Oh, we want you to take us. 
And they know why. You know what they do? Because I've been gone, they know I'm going to want to be with them. So they're manipulators. They need that cast out of them. So it is clear that the enemy is not after your blessing. He's not after your blessing as much as he is after you. He wants you. Right? Genesis 12, 2 says you are blessed to be a blessing. So you are already blessed. But he, what he, doesn't, he doesn't want your blessing. He wants your blessed. Because that's your identity. The blessing is your fruit. But you're already blessed. So Margarita, you're blessed. And then your blessing that comes from being blessed is the fruit of who you are. A blessing is not a, a, a uh, hookup. It is a identifying fruit of who you already are. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And then here's my blessing. Uh, you can teach well because you're blessed. They hear you because you're blessed to be a blessing. So he doesn't care about your blessing. He does care that you think you're blessed. Right? And the minute you say you're cursed, the enemy won't mess with you because he's already got you to believe something. Don't ever think your mind is cursed. Don't ever think your eyes are cursed. Don't ever think, just go, God, these parts of my body are designed to be blessed. I'm designed to be a, a blessed person. But, and, and it has to be all in. And probably our next men's group book that we're going to do is all in. Everything is called all in. And all of you got to be all in or the part that's left out, it will drag the rest of the body out little by little. And, and it said in there, I sent this to uh, Earl uh, yesterday. It says that when we do the little things like they're big things, God will make the big things come into our little areas. When we just do the small things like pray and do the small things like worship, God will make the big things seem small because he can bring them into our life that easily. Because it's almost like a trading place. So he doesn't care what is standing around you but he is violently interested in what we are standing on to hold us up so the enemy doesn't care that you got all that stuff around you you've seen people with multiple millions of dollars and they're miserable in relation in a marriage miserable with kids miserable with the things that everything that anybody could want but they're miserable because the enemy has stole their blessed and even though they're standing in the midst of blessing they cannot see that they are blessed. And we want to make sure that he knows I'm blessed whether I have stuff or not. My blessed does not have to do anything with what's around me. I am, I'm blessed already. So if he can get you from where you came from, if he can get you from where you came from, he can keep you from where you are called to go. If he can get you to say God didn't create you, you came from the devil. Your whole family, you came from abuse. You came from drugs. You came from addiction. You came from, he's, he's, he's always after Genesis 2-7. He hates that God formed us. He hates that God created us. So he's after that. So then you go, well, well, look where I'm from. So there's no way I can go to anything great just because of where I'm from. Of course I'm supposed to be an alcoholic because I'm from alcoholics. Right? Of course I'm supposed to have heart disease. I'm from heart disease. God says, I didn't make you out of heart disease. I made you out of the dust of the earth. Don't let anyone steal your ground. 
Don't even let the current situation, even if you uh, make a mistake, and what we've been saying lately is don't let one mistake turn into a losing streak. I was uh, trying explaining this to some people uh, about, you know, how to, you know, pregnant and and I said well don't just okay go on move on ask for forgiveness and don't go create more mistakes because not only now that you got the baby he'll try to kill it he'll try to put things on it and if you start giving him a path to get in there he'll go right you know that uh and and let's be honest if we'd have known this before if you've ever made a mistake before not none of y'all but i i used to be like this if i make a mistake i may as well go on i don't went this far right anybody ever been there <laughs> and what the enemy is doing is yeah you made that mistake now we're gonna parlay it he gonna gamble on it we're gonna double on it. double or nothing right and so what we want to do is kind of get ourselves back on the right track because we say to in the prodigal son the father always see us coming all right he always sees us coming so satan knows he can't defeat god so he goes after god's creation in any form or fashion whether it's you or where you came from so he wants you to identify with whatever happened after you got here more than who put you here all right this is part of his creation so the temptation, lust, greed, and disobedience are a gateway to get a person from even going to God. We must always be aware of the real enemy. It's like my Hunger Games Katniss moment. Remember who the real enemy is. President Snow. I know they got us out here killing each other, but who's the real enemy? Right? See, you can find the word in some of this stuff. <laughs> Remember who the real is. Sometimes we don't know who the real enemy is. We go home and fight with our spouse. Remember who the real enemy is. The devil wants y'all to have strife. Now if you're arguing with your wife, your kids are going to argue with each other. They're going to fight each other. They're going to say things. If it's a little boy and a little girl, they're going to say things that the parents say to each other because that's how they get each other, so that's how they're going to get it. That's why little girls are, are the, some of the greater bullies in schools. They hear an angry mom or dad say things. So they say what the dad says to the mom, to girls, and they say what the mom says to the dad, to boys. Little girls are scary. Scary. I, and I'll, I, I'm not, I'll tell them, I said, my, the two scariest things, two, number two things that I'm scariest the most are snakes and little girls, elementary little girls. So they don't, they don't care. They're not afraid of anybody. They don't care that you lift weights. They just say whatever's on their mind, right, and grow up bitter. So we're, we're looking at this is not our current condition. And when you tell your kid to do something, it's not just that you want him to do it, not just that thing, but also that they'll obey when they're not around, you know? If you got one of those things like I have, well, I got to do it now because I ask now. And so if you can handle now, we ain't got to worry about me asking you later. Do it now. You know, we have to threaten not to give him food last night. Amazing. He came around. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, uh, it says, For we walk by, not by, quit waiting to see something turn around before you believe that you've already turned around. Right? You just got to quit. It's because if you're looking for it to turn around, it, it, there's not going to be the belief that you need to have. 
you got to quit waiting. You're praying for someone. You're believing for them to come to faith. And that's one of the things with my mother and my twin said, man, mama driving me crazy. She about to call you now. You know, and I was like, okay. And, and it was like, she just want to go and she's a control freak. Now, he's writing this to me. Now, I could hold him hostage and, and show and say, look, what I'm going to show mama. And, and I can get all of his money because if I ever showed her that. And, uh, and I said, you know, as I talked to Tony, I said, Tony, you think about that she's, she's about to, if, if her sister dies, this is the last one. Her brother, her twin brothers died in a fire. Her mother died in a fire. Her father's passed away. Her other brother was shot and killed. Her sister just died a few years ago. The other sister died a few years before that, and this is the last one. So naturally, she's worried. So I got my mother on the phone, and we had a completely different conversation than what my twin and I were talking. But I can, the difference is the Spirit of God. I said, do not go down there. My aunt is not responding. She's not calling. She won't. If my mom calls, she won't answer. And so she's just like, why won't you talk to me? I'm, you know, just won't do it. And I said, let that person go. Let her go. When she's ready to talk, she'll talk. But if you bombard her door, you're only going to get rejected. I said, have faith for right here where you are. It's not about conversating with her. It's about you conversating with God and having peace that he'll take care of her. That's it. That's it. And, and again, and that's tough. We've learned that. And you, some of you guys are running. I know Miss Margarita have had to deal with me on this where it's like it's seemingly I don't care. But what it is is more or less let them invite you. Let them invite you because if you just show up, they may not want you there. All right? And, and I mean, a lot of you have probably picked up on that with me. If you don't tell me to come I'm not going to just show up. I've seen where people just, we here. And I've seen my mom go, I didn't ask you to be here. And their facial expressions was, well, we here to help. I don't need your help. I don't want you around me. Bitter, she just buried her kid. She didn't want to see anybody. Right? Well, they took that moment and, and it hurt their feelings. And, of course, she corrected them, told them, you're worried about your feelings. I buried my kid. So I learned from there to be like, when you tell me to come on over, that's when I'll show up. For we walk by faith and not by sight, right? The fight is always bigger than the current condition. So whatever you're believing for now, it's, it's even for something bigger than that. Even for something bigger than what the current condition is. Uh, you know, that, uh, even, even in marriage, we talk about, well, you got to win some battles. Not necessarily true. At least not from my end. Some things are just left just, just it ain't worth fighting for. It's not worth our kids hearing a battle that's unnecessary. And that's why, you know, they'll come back with trash. So a victory will open up the windows of heaven and bless areas that we weren't even praying about. Have you ever wondered how did things get turned around or you got an unex what you thought was an unexpected blessing and it really wasn't an unexpected blessing. God was honoring your obedience in that other area. So he said you were setting up this other place all along. Right? Wasn't even unexpected. He said that's what, you, that's what happens when you're walking and honoring your steps that I've ordered so he'll bless those everyone praying about the same is also true when you don't stand and you live and give up your ground and give up your your uh your uh your purpose 
and give up your obedience to God, areas that were winnable will turn into a struggle. Remember when you used to be, not y'all, but just saying this out loud. Remember when you used to be delivered from that? How did that thing come back and come back even stronger? Because ground was left open and the enemy got in there and planted that seed and started to grow in that area. And he takes that ground and then begins to move on and take over. So it's, it's, it's almost like that's a, a balancing act. Of, do I want to have a, a, a cool head? And I'm not talking about temperature. I'm talking about uh, attitude-wise. And some of it is just basically giving up little bitty areas in my life so that they don't become big areas in my life. So what if they cut me off in traffic? What, if, what, what, what is it trying to rob that's greater than just being cut off in traffic and tensing up and being angry? And am I going to get home and be tensed up? At your job, when the things get on your nerves, learn how to leave it at work. Leave it there. Right? And, and have confidence that God's going to show you the right way. Amen? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. All right? A good way to exercise your heart is, which what I believe, is not to lose heart. Right? Even in that verse, I know it means that don't lose your affection toward what you're doing, but sometimes our heart don't get necessary exercise because we lose it too much. My heart, have you heard this? My heart is not in it. My heart's lost. My heart is not there. Our heart is in living. That's why we do it every day. So if I put my heart into it, I won't lose heart. Though our outward, outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. How many of y'all don't feel as good as you used to feel when you were younger? You eat something and it's like, there it is. Doesn't be there. You see, we could eat all day. Remember that? Just come play basketball all day. I'm good for half a game now. Half a game. Ready for a sub. My outward body is wasted away. Now, that means we accept physical uh, uh, things that, that come against us. No, we still say by stripes we're healed, but we don't depend on our flesh. We depend on our faith. And that's what keeps it renewed day by day. Yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. Verse 17 says, for our light and temporary afflictions is producing for us an eternal glory that far outweighs our troubles. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If what I'm looking at always depresses me and pulls me down, I've got my eyes on the wrong thing. I've got to look at what's eternal. Uh, these light afflictions are truly only for a moment. They really are not as long-lasting as we uh, try to make them out to be. And the only way they can be longer than what they are is that we have to give them the strength to stick around. This meaning that the enemy is using the moment to distract us from the greater presence of God. The moment. The moment can keep, I mean, honestly, the moment can keep you from praying the moment can keep you from worship. The moment can keep you from uh, just even serving God because he knows if you get into God's presence, you're going to forget about the moment that you're in. 
So it's an attack to keep us from the place we need to get to. When problems look overwhelming and we can't think of anything else to do, that is a sign that our eyes need to get fixed. Starting, I'm starting to realize I'm have to go to that I do because, you know, those gift cards, Target gift card, you had to scratch it. I was there like, took me seven minutes, like, and like, and so they say when your eyes are starting to do stuff, like it starts off as blurry and then you wait for a minute and then it kind of slowly clears up. However, this particular day, along with Cedar, I was like, the lady came over and said, you need some help? What did I say? No, I got it. And then I pulled out my cell phone and added some light to it. I'm like, now this is not normal, right? This is not the way it works. Someone is trying to help you. It's that your eyes can't be fixed without help. Right? I, I got to get some help so my eyes can get fixed. I don't want to see my situation as a failure. I don't want to see it that way. I don't want to see myself as a failure. I got to fix my eyes. The, the, um, the, um, the thing that, that tends to people that has a negative outlook and has a negative connotation to some things that their eyes are not fixed. Now, Rita and I work well, real well with each other. There are things that her eyes are fixed much better in areas than mine are not. So those are areas that I'm not allowed to speak as much in. Right? And then there are areas my eyes are more fixed than hers are. Right? And, and we, can, we can work together, and together we have 20-20 vision. Separately, we have vision problems. When we are divided, we have vision issues. It messes with our vision, and that vision spiritually, physically, and emotionally. So, so if that's the only one they're overwhelmed, get your eyes fixed. Go into prayer, tune up your eyes so that they can look up to see God, who will always be there. Your current place shouldn't be your greatest sight. So where I'm currently looking, that's not my greatest sight. And this is not the biggest thing that I'm seeing. This is not... The, the, the greater thing that I'm seeing. In fact, the fight you are in now is for a place you are heading, not for the current place. You're not fighting for this current place. You're fighting for where you're going to be. Fighting for where you're going to be. I, uh, I, now, I tend to take the information I get from some of you guys, and, and whenever you tell me something, especially if it's something with physical body, which like Ms. Geneva has, was, was explaining to me, I was telling her about, this little ball thing that I go to, to work out my shoulder, she was explaining it to me. However, we struck up this conversation while we were supposed to be helping Miss Rita come to the women's meeting. So apparently I was asking this at the wrong time, you know. And as she was about to explain to me, Rita says, get that bowl because I need to go to the, to the women's meeting. I know you asking something important but I've got something I'm looking down the road to get to. And the only thing I was doing was sharing what she had told me about. Uh, and the reason why I say that is that there's always going to be a time where you're going to have a vision and a view greater for God's work. That even if something good may come up, it may not be God. 
for that moment. Not that we were negative, not that anything like that. And Miss Geneva gave me the nice little friendly smile and said, get back with you later. Right? Um, if God is calling you into prayer, you're going to come up with every other thing in the world <laughs> that you're going to want to do. I don't want to clean out my closet, my bedroom closet, until 4 in the morning when I'm supposed to be getting ready to come here. Never, I need to hang that up, and I need to straighten up these shoes. These pants are out of line. I didn't fold them pants up like that so the clip would fit. I got them hang. And God's like, dude, go. You're good. Just go. Well, them flip-flops are out of line. Just go. Well, see, the dress shoes, just get out. It wasn't that important to you last night. Why are you going to get on my time to try to clean it? All right. So stand, stand your ground. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 14. By the way, whenever you're telling your kids to obey, it ain't just about that moment. It's about for them to have a, a better future. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if it comes, when the day of evil comes, don't be shocked when days of evil show up, you will be able to stand your ground and having done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth fastened around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness arrayed, right? So when, I got to make sure I say this, when the day of evil comes, it didn't say that if you were a sinner, it didn't say if you were a Christian, it just says when the day of evil comes. And what happens is if a lot of people who are coming to church and, and something comes against them, they go, how could this happen? I was serving God because evil comes. We're in a lost and fallen world. So we have to keep our belief and stand our ground. So put your armor on. Don't, don't try to figure out why. Just go to God and figure, walk in your faith. So the only way we can be defeated is to run, is to give in and just run and give up. And the only reason a believer will run is because they haven't put on all that God has for them. Standing is not a defensive move. Standing is an offensive move. I'm taking the offense. It is offensive charge that declares not only are we not allowing the current victories to be stolen, but we are going to believe for greater things to come. So protect what you have and then go after even greater of what God has for you. See, because the minute I give up ground, I'm going to give up what I already have. Okay? And I'll, 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 I'll lose the whole thing. Um, they told you, and I know, Miss Jenny, you probably know this as well, along with Geneva with all the studies. Uh, the heart guy was telling me on the BPIs, that body index thing. And he goes, oh, well, it don't count for you. Because you work out. So the things that we're going to say that would be normalized for a normal person doesn't count for you. I want to say this to you guys as believers. What's going on with the world doesn't count for you. Because you work out. It says you have muscles, so the amount that we would count and we would say your body weight would be the equivalent of an obese person if you didn't work out. Okay, you would be, you can, they can say the swine flu is coming, but because you work out, that's not counting for you. 
And they can say every teenager is losing their mind and they're going to get caught up in drugs. Since you work out, that doesn't count for you. In your life, you're not going to have an inheritance. You're not going to have a blessing. But because you work out, it doesn't count for you. All right? So quit letting the enemy measure you and said that this is going to kill you and this is going to destroy you. No, 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 no. That doesn't count for me. I work out. Amen? Amen. I want you guys to bow your heads and let us pray. Pray. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that not only, Lord, do we call for what we're believing for for the future, but, Lord, that we stand where we are and, and recognize that we are blessed and we receive our blessing and we just honor you with it. That, Lord, we know that in order to stand our ground, sometimes we have to let people leave our ground and have to let some things go. Also, Father, I just call recovery to some areas that may have been lost areas even 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 as a church body we just declare recovery in the name of Jesus of what you would want us to have here and what you would want to be blessed and, and even in the lives of each and every person here to recover because now Lord I know how to fight a little bit better if I'd have known then what I know now Lord Jesus I would have everything in place but I want you to be of good cheer that God has just prepared you for when the thing shows up Again, you're going to know how not only to have it, but you're going to know how to keep it and live it in a greater and powerful way. But you have to be obedient now. Because your obedience now isn't unnecessary. It isn't, it isn't something that's just a waste of time. God never gives us something that's just a waste of time. He never wastes our faith. He never wastes our obedience. It is for a purpose and a plan. There are days you're living for your children. There are days you're living for your parents. There are days that your faith is operating for, for so that you don't go through a car trouble issue, a house issue, a financial issue, a moment issue, a, a movement. Sometimes you are, God is asking you to do something in your flesh so that your mind won't go wild and so that you don't lose hope. So Father, whatever it is, Lord, we're all in. Here, Jesus, I surrender all. Here I am, God, take over. I know that you're using this particular thing for a specific reason. So I pray that you have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Not just for your now, but for your forever and your whenever. And Lord Jesus, I just thank you that our eyes are fixed. We present them to you. And Lord, that they'll take all that you have in place for us. That we'll know that we can honor you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So do it. We enter in with that. Amen. We love you.